everything we know about the media, marketing, and advertising business is being completely upended thanks to technology and data. We're talking with some of the top industry leaders as they steer their companies through constant change. Welcome to Next in Marketing, presented by AppsFlyer. Hey guys, this is Mike Shields, and this week on Next in Marketing, I got to talk to Guillaume Lelay, Managing Director at MNC Saatchi. We talked about all the big changes happening in the marketing data world, why he sees an earthquake coming for some parts of the ad tech industry. Lelay also offers a reality check for CMOs, who he says are going to have to come to grips regarding some of the limitations facing their businesses, and why the Google-Facebook duopoly remains untouchable. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Next in Marketing. Today, my guest is Guillaume Lelay. He's the Managing Director at MNC Saatchi Performance. Is that correct? Yes, correct. Thank you. And uh, Welcome to the to podcast. Thank you. So before we get into all the, uh, we have all kinds of things we want to talk about, talk about, but um, let's be clear when people, I think, I think if you're a certain age or experience in this industry and you hear Saatchi, you think of Saatchi and Saatchi, sexy 80s advertising agency. This is a totally different company and it's a specific division. What, so tell me what you, what's your job and what's your, what is the performance division all about? Okay. Uh, that's a very good question. So uh, indeed, you know, MNC Saatchi was founded by um, uh, the Saatchi brothers. Uh, it is a British uh, um, agency. Initially, they were part of Publicis, and then they launched uh, later on th- an independent agency. MNC Saatchi Performance was initially more like a mobile agency. Uh, I, I think originally the name was Inside Mobile, and they they got acquired uh, uh, about you know close to ten years ago. And uh, now you know they are part of MNC Saatchi, and they 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 are the performance group. So we sit under the media umbrella of the of the of of the agency, and uh, yeah, we are a, a marketing performance agency. Right. So th- this was there was a time in this world when. A lot of agencies had search only agencies and mobile only agencies, and then they started sort of coming together, like you said, about a decade ago, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're at the heart of performance marketing and all kinds of changes going on in that world. I keep asking a lot of folks this question because I'm reading everything I can about what's going on with measurement and regulation and at Google and Apple, all these changes, right? And it's like there's, it seems to be two schools of thought. On the one end, there are a lot of people saying, you know, we're not going to be able to do one-to-one marketing like we thought. We're going to have to have much more sophisticated data science modeling and targeting groups of consumers and be less precise than we maybe thought, much more probabilistic. And then there's a, there's a whole other group in the industry that are saying, you know what, you know, we're going to have, it's all going to be, it's all going to be about uh, one-to-one marketing with, and email is going to be like the new cookie almost. Hashed emails and uh, first-party data is going to be everything. Um, so I know it's a big whopping question to start with, but um, <laughs> like, where where is the industry going? Is it is there going to be a clash of philosophies in terms of the promise of targeting and data? Or what's happening? I mean, it, it's been you know it, it is the subject of the past month, and you know, um, I, I'm, you, you, this is about you know the announcement of Apple and and the fact you know the. They are enforcing new privacy um, when it comes to obtaining a user a, a, a user level data. Um, as you know, the announcement is now being delayed uh, until next year. So by default, you know we will continue to 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 get you know user level data at least for now uh, without you know without having to ask for uh, the consent. But you know this is still coming uh, early next year. I think ultimately it is. We, 
you know, I've worked in mobile for years now, and we've seen a very large team doing more and more uh, complex work on uh, data analysis. I think actually, um, you know, it's going to be easier to do data analysis because we're going to have in some way less data. Less to work with, right. So, um, you know, there, there is a big debate right now, which is about, oh, you know, we, we were using deterministic method to do uh, attribution and measurement, but, but uh, you know, I think it's, it's it, we've been actually using probabilistic methods for a while because Apple launched limited ad tracking and there were already a lot of users using this feature. So, um, you know, we, between more than 20% of the traffic was already on limited ad tracking for a while. Uh, the larger media suppliers like the Facebook and Google are doing their own attribution. So in a way, um, you know, we, we, we've been doing a lot of uh, work that we called this deterministic, but actually it was, you know, uh, uh, already here. we've been living the world of probabilistic uh, methodology for a while. Um, so on our side as an agency, you know, we continue to leverage partners like Apps Flyers and, and, and different MMPs. Um, and we rely a lot on, on them to, to help our client and, and the industry, you know, navigate the privacy changes. And it's, it's still unclear, you know, Apple has released some guidelines but um, we expect Apple to, to soon release additional policy when it comes to using ad, you know new methods and uh, yeah so it's it is it is um, it is it we we went from I think someone quoted we we were in the world of math men uh, math, uh, math men and now man now we are back to to mad men you know traditionally more like uh, doing more campaign and, and 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 creative work so let's see I think it's it will sit somewhere in the middle but um so yeah, it's it's. I think it's going to be actually easier um, to do data analysis uh, at a at a, That's at a interesting. Of, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I want to come back to the bigger, the broader issue in a minute, but let's drill down into like because I think if with Apple's move specifically, you know my my understanding of it, like in Apple's mind, they are trying to weed out companies that really have not their their hangers on in the ecosystem that are trying to they pull data from other companies and try and build ad networks and targeting. They don't want. They don't want people building businesses off of their data. I think they're okay with apps <laughs> marketing to themselves. I think, but for the, so for the average brand, is it a big deal or is it much? Is it much more of a concern if you're an intermediary in that universe? It's a great news for the for consumers. I think it's a it's a what Apple is doing is um, they want to do what you know we call best in class in terms of, you know, uh, privacy and making sure, you know, that their big tagline in what's, what is in your iPhone stays in your iPhone, right? And it, there is, a, you know, very little data shared with third party. So I think it's a good news for, for, for consumers. I think for the ad tech, uh, it is an earthquake um, because, you know, a lot of companies have been uh, harvesting data um, you know, you know, in a in a compliant way. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, you know, DSPs have been building device graph based on the campaigns that they were uh, they were running. So uh, they were able to serve you an ad because they knew that previously you clicked and you downloaded you know similar type of apps. So uh, I think it's going to be harder now to do this kind of uh, of, of of targeting. <laughs> it's funny it's, the word harvesting. Like nobody nobody was doing anything wrong, but it, it doesn't it just feels like it wasn't what Apple had in mind when it had these these products. 
Yeah, and, and and some you know some people would say, well, actually, Apple, what Apple is doing is because they have a you know a long term vision with their ad platform is that they want to bring everyone in their ecosystem so that they'll be able to serve you an ad on you know Apple TV and and so you know yeah you know it's 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 obvious that also Apple will be doing a play on advertising uh, and will be building more solutions in their ecosystem, but you know it's. Um, the, the 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 question that you know we 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 we're having right now is really how much is it going to impact the performance of our campaign for advertisers? Mm -hmm. So if you are a brand, yeah, you you expect um, that things are going to be harder. You expect that your brands will be presented again to some users and consumers that have already installed your app as well, which I think is a big deal. Like the fact that you know you you can't also uh, uh, negatively target people. I think it's uh, yeah you're going to be a bit blind on that. So, um, right. So, yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it's consumers will complain about being overly targeted, but they'll all, then they'll also complain if you're targeting them with something they already got. What are you doing to me? I, I, come on. <laughs> how do you, you should know this. And you, you mm -hmm. might not know that all the time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Let's go bro more broadly if we can. You, you kind of hinted at this the shift or the theory, the theory that we're, that the industry is going to have to be more probable, focused on probabilistic versus deterministic targeting. Um, that's, that's a mouthful. If you're a layman and you hear that, I think your mind goes towards, oh, one is you actually know who the person is and you're going to be able to target them. And the other one is you're kind of think you know and you're guessing. And that sounds not nearly as scientific or sophisticated. But is that is that the wrong way to think about this trade-off? I mean, the, the way to do deterministic matching, you either used an, uh, a device ID or, you know, in the past, you know, certain browsers can use cookies to do matching. But now what is left is only it's email. It's actually phone number. I think we underestimate the phone number is such a persistent uh, ID. And that's why you, you've seen... Yeah, they, and guess what? You see companies, you know, attentive who are like an SMS uh, for e-commerce provider, you know, who continue to, to, to raise uh, uh, every three or six months. It sounds like they are raising millions of dollars at the back of building uh, a solution based on, on, on That's SMS. That's company Brian Lester just went to, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so, so I think SMS, email is uh, is cool again. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's yeah. uh, I, I started my career selling ringtones uh, to, uh, you know, to, to operators uh, through uh, SMS. Uh, uh, billing and and <laughs> so it, it feels like we are like going back to uh, to kind of like yeah 15 years ago I guess that's funny um, that's it's interesting the um, you know we mentioned what happened with um, with IDFA and Apple and mm -hmm. that we don't know what's going to happen what what did stick out to me was it seems like every change that happens in this in this ecosystem we're always reading the headline this is good for the world gardens this is more power to them they're going to be fine. You know, GDPR is better for them, stuff like that. But, but this one seemed to irk Facebook and, it, and it, it might affect their business in ways we didn't realize. Can you maybe talk about why they, they seem a little worried here, how that's going to affect attribution there? Sure. So companies like Facebook have built deep user profiles for the purpose of targeting and all the optimization mechanism are built on top of user profiles, and they've been relying a lot on app events that were tagged with device IDs. And now that is going to be, um, you know, impossible to do this matching, you know, it will diminish the ability for Facebook to, um, to, to, to do like a, a great targeting. So they will still be able to, um, to know 
when a user click an ad, they can they can't tie back right now what in app event this individual user who clicked on an ad uh, did, but at least you know they, they won't be able to do that anymore in real time and in a very you know deterministic and reliable way. Um, but what is interesting is we actually we don't know how much the share of revenue that Facebook is doing from app advertising. We think it's huge, but if you look at their their, their, their earnings, they actually don't, they, they say they are a mobile first company and most of the revenue is mobile, but they never split and they never show exactly, is it 50, 40%, 30% that is uh, mobile app installed. So, but they they they, they made they made a, a warning. I think in I think I read like they they warned that they, they see a significant impact. But uh, but again with Facebook, you know, they they they're pretty good at managing uh, investor expectation, and they tend to like uh, over deliver at every earning. So um, I'm not too concerned for them uh, and for Google. So and we can talk about that because like during this this pandemic, the Google and Facebook are actually also the winners as well. So because most advertisers, you know, want to be uh, it's as they are pulling back advertising, they want to work with the partners that works traditionally the best. So I think, yeah, they, you lean they, into what's been working. Yeah, yeah. It's like you keep so, running the same play in football until they stop it. That's like that. That's kind of how it works right now. So to your question, um, uh, are World Garden untouchable? Yes, <laughs> yeah. Especially during yeah. this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. I, I'm not too concerned for them. Right, but no, you you made an interesting point because I, I, I was gonna. That's where my mind went. Because years ago, Facebook would talk about on their earnings how great the app install business was, how many games are built there. And then it started kind of downplaying, and I think, because they didn't want to be known as you know, overly reliant on that stuff. Um, and now they have 7 million advertisers or whatever. So you think it'd be, they'll be okay, but, you just, but it, is, it, is a, it is a mystery how much this will actually affect them at some point. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, they, 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 there have been like also um, some pullback from advertisers due to, um, you know, the this this really um, challenging year. Um, and, you know, we've with a lot of like movements and um, and 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 also like, you know, political statement and, and fake news and, and, and all that. So, you know, brands, some brands have pulled back definitely on advertising on Facebook, but, you know, they've used that maybe more like a, a, as a PR effort, you know, the, the one that have been vocal, you know, it's kind of like, it's a way for them to say, Hey, you know, we, uh, yeah, we, it's, 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 it's in a way to, to say to their, to their clients and consumer, Hey, we are doing something right. <laughs> and we're doing right. something. We're going to, we're going to pause for two days. <laughs> During right. uh, during a Black Lives well, Matter, we need to cut something uh, anyway. Yeah, yeah. So it is it is um, yeah. How genuine is that? I don't know. But I've worked with uh, advertisers that you know never advertise on Facebook. You know, for them, you know, large tech players who are um, who are very advanced in terms of uh, privacy and, um, and and privacy first type of companies who never advertise on Facebook. And for them, it was you know. That's um, that's that's you know it's it's kind of that's that sits with them and they they you know it's um, we we've seen advertising pulling back but very quickly coming back to 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 the platform. Do you think the boycott had any effect, or do you think my sense is Zuckerberg he said it that I think everyone's going to come back and they did come back. I don't even know how shaken up they are. I think it, the boycott could have had an impact if it was not during COVID. Because what you know, to my earlier point, because 
um, we are, you know, advertisers pull back, but actually they pull back on channels that maybe were not as efficient than others. So what we've seen, uh, we've done some analysis across, you know, large clients is the concentration of ad spend towards Facebook and Google has actually increased. The share of wallets has increased towards those platforms. So uh, in particular for Facebook, I don't think they felt uh much much anything they, they they had really bad pr like for sure you know when you have like sure. large brands uh standing against them and saying you know we, we we are posing all our campaigns that is not great and i think they've it's um it is it is not good news for them but i think in terms of actual revenue uh you know some gaming clients were very happy you know publicly a lot of user acquisition personals are great png or Unilever are off. Get out of the way. Right. I'll just keep Get out of the way. Thing up. Thank you. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's, it's, it's bizarre, isn't it? Just yeah. Like it's fascinating. Uh, speaking of that, you, you mentioned, you know, like wh- I'm always curious of who's this pandemic has been like four or five cycles now, it feels like. But in terms of where the money is going and coming from, from your view, you guys are, are, have a unique look at this world because you're performance based. Um, have more putting aside things like travel that are really decimated. Have you seen more clients, you know, doubling down with the duopoly? Are we seeing more activity with, I don't know, Pinterest and snap? Are you seeing tell, you know, OTT pop up what's happening? Yeah. I mean, clearly, uh, e-commerce, uh, anything that is direct to consumer brands. Um, we've seen, um, audio podcast, uh, connected TV, you know, the likes of Roku and, and Amazon advertising now has, have solutions that um, are a bit more like tailored for performance. Um, they, they, have, they have now sales divisions selling performance advertising. The question is, you know, how do we really track um, those type of campaigns? Um, because they are also a, a new wallet garden. But yeah, we've seen, you know, we've seen greater consolidation towards Facebook and Google when it comes to display and video. Um, and we've seen higher engagement on OTT and, and, and just generally also like podcasts, you know, podcasts is, is audio. There have been quite a lot of MA actually from, um, from in, in the media space as well of, you know, more capabilities because that's, that's where like the audience is going, you know, even if we are not traveling you know, you, you, you see some of the deals like the, 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 the Joe Rogan, uh, uh, content yeah. that goes uh, to Spotify. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So th- there, there is a lot of move, uh, uh, Vox as well, like a lo- 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 lot of move in that space, which which offer more opportunities for advertisers. That's pretty interesting because you're right. Like a pod- podcast is having a major moment now and there's so many of them. And um, But I think, I wonder, is the jury out? Because uh, for a long time, it was it was like the same, it felt like it was the same five advertisers. It was very small. The, the, you'd, you'd always hear the complaints that... Um, it was not programmatic or digital in the sense that most, you know, you can't do a lot of real time bidding and, and, um, deliver ads the way that you do with display or video. But then, so I wondered maybe if it would just become a more sponsorship radio like medium, where, where do you, where do you see that going right now? And are, are the challenges still there? Yeah. I mean, the space is moving at such a pace, you know, like, uh, Apple, like, couple of days ago or um, was it days or weeks sorry I'm, I'm losing track on that but like they you know they made an acquisition of uh, scout fm um which is a podcast app so yep. like there is um you know we need to build uh a, um kind of like a lumascape of the podcast uh, ecosystem because there is you know there is a lot of who has actually the traffic 
you know, some companies are just intermediaries um, and giving you access to, I compare that to the beginning of influencer marketing, you know, uh, you start working with certain companies and actually you realize what they just do is, yeah, you sign a contract with them and actually they, they don't have any influencer relationship. They just right. pass the campaign they somewhere. Something so, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I think when it comes to podcast advertising, it is, you know, not a, not a media expert yet. So I'm not going to, uh, to, to give you uh, my, my, my view on it, but we see, we see both like, uh, uh, brand, um, demand and asking us more like, what can we do with podcasts? You know, how, do, how can we, how, um, and what is the cost and how do I measure it? So this is, this is one thing. And then secondly, you know, just in general offering around around uh, media offering around podcasts so uh, that 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 is that is that is a small you know i'm talking like here one two percent of a media budget you know it's not sure it's yeah. still really early <laughs> they're still it's, laying a lot of the infrastructure yeah, still trying to figure yeah. it out where it fits in the agencies all those yeah. things yeah but pinterest though pinterest we we see some uh some some good growth they they, they have more formats which are uh, uh also a bit more like uh paper performance and mm-hmm. yeah we are we are entering q4 so um you know hopefully uh yeah we we will be able to uh, to celebrate with families and 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 give gift and see each other and give gifts to each other uh so yeah they, they although if you don't want to see them you can say well i, I want to keep you safe uh mother-in-law it's it's depends which way you want to go <laughs> Um, yeah. I thought about this. Um, you you kind of hate to do this when in podcasting, when it was going back to ad tech and what's going on in the in the, in the digital media ecosystem. That, that's that's an area where there's you know there's been for a long time we've there's been complaints about there's too many middlemen and it's too complicated. And if now more than ever, it's the time to really clean that up. But are you seeing that happen? Is that accelerating during this time? You know, there's, there's there has been there's been lots of ad tech consolidation, lots of talk about supply path optimization are you seeing like a real change in the way that the ad tech ecosystem works actually it's it's funny because when you look at the data actually there there is not much of a ad tech consolidation yet the number of deals in q1 q2 of 2020 is actually at historic you know historically low there have been deals in our space of you know mobile companies in, in the gaming space, a lot of studios um, and, and and merch. Um, but if you look at at our space, the, the mobile app ecosystem, there have been AppNext sold to Apple, Cross installed to Twitter, and those are relatively small deals. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so I think we might see a rise in capitulation deals for less, less scale players um, because um, you know. Also, it's 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 getting harder to to raise capital. Um, but also, I think once the introduction of the SCAD network will be fully rolled out, yeah, we, we probably will see a natural general, you know, companies mo- change, pivoting their business model. You know, we've we noticed that's, that's few, the Apple network you're talking about, right? Yeah, the Apple network. Yeah, but like you know, companies, for example, who are focusing on retargeting, re-engagement. Yeah, like they won't be able to do much re-engagement moving forward on on iOS. Right. So that business is really going to be shaken up by all these changes. Well, yeah, and and we see we see actually some of them entering more the space of agencies and doing media buying app app growth for 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 them. So we see them going, you know, yeah, they probably going to start buying media like 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 an agency, or which they ran from a few years ago. It's funny, yeah, like yeah. I don't want to do any managed service at all, right? I don't want to get in that yeah. business. Yeah, they wanted it to be a purely a software and to get a greater valuation and so on. But like that, like, okay, we can do we can we can be your managed media buys. Or, you know, we I, I spoke with a very large DSP and they told me like, oh yeah, we now we start buying on Snap. And I was like, excuse me? Like what? 
<laughs> like so uh so yeah we there are a lot of people at the parties with uh, the, and the cake is not getting that bigger so i think right. <laughs> it's, it's yeah <laughs> that's that's the way i see it that's uh, funny so, what about um this there there in the recent years a lot of talk about supply path optimization which i think i understand as being like an answer to this or brands taking more control or wanting more direct paths to inventory is that working in your eyes and is that bigger in display versus mobile or both i mean supply supply path optimization in mobile is uh, nowhere um i think the industry nowhere. has been nowhere i mean like it's it's i think the, the the industry has benefited a lot to keep it like you know uh, complex uh, to understand. Um, yeah. but, you know, you, you have publishers that integrate an SSP, and then the SSP then is connected to multiple DSPs, and then you know, then you have the buyers. But what's happening in the middle? Um, there is so many duplication of impression. You know, you pull a report, and you're like, oh great, my ad was running on this particular publisher, and actually it's coming from two different SSPs and accessed by three DSPs. So there is a lot of like, yeah, let's beat for the same impression. <laughs> like it's, right. it's, it is, it, so the, the, uh, I think we, we, we think there are going to be more and more tech that will help understand the supply path optimization, especially on mobile, but even on, even on desktop, like, um, you know, they, there have been rumors or talks that, um, right now with, they're going to enforce maybe one path to access some inventory. But when you look at the beeswax, the DSPs, which are like, at tech players like it's still like uh, it's 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 still a very um non-transparent um um way to buy media and and there was actually some reports made by consultants saying oh you know sometimes we don't see where the margins are going like they it's it's still a uh, you know it's uh it it, it, it it's, it's it's still unclear yeah for sure but we well, all that uh there was so much talk about the cleaning that up and being more transparent and like you know rubicon or whoever else exposing that stuff it's still messy yeah i mean you can actually they, they i think advertisers for a long time have, haven't been using an ad server uh, because they were relying on their MMP, uh, it didn't really matter for advertisers where where are they actually running because they were getting data from the apps flyer of the world based on like the click, and then you know the click and the post install event was comforting them that the campaigns were performing well and they were in a great placement inventory. Right now, if as we will be getting less and less post click. Um, reporting, then it's going to matter even more to know where actually the impression in the ads is running. Um, so I think we're going to see maybe more tech that helps with impression tracking, um, supply path optimization, because that's the only data that we'll have, have access to if if the post-click, post-install data is is getting difficult to access, more, more, right. you know, more difficult to access because of certain privacy rules that have changed. Um, mm -hmm. Well, on that on that note, with all the the rules being changed, the data being harder to get, and just all this all this change in the air, the, there has been um, incrementality is becoming this thing. Every brand wanted would like to better measure the effect of X amount X more spending on whatever channel, and are we going to get new users or the same people, or is this going to do a little bit more for my business? As I understand it, so. That seems really important, but it seems like it's going to be challenged by all these things you're describing. Like, can you can you maybe talk about incrementality a bit? Actually, I think the challenges that are presented to us 
uh, will help with will 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 accelerate the discussion around incrementality. So incrementality is at the end of the day, it's moving the conversation with a brand from media metrics to business metrics. What really my you know what has been the impact on my business um, based on you know how much advertising uh, uh, investment I've made and. As an agency, it's sometimes difficult to do this work because clients are reluctant to share their business data with us. So mm -hmm. when we do incrementality testing, we rely on the platform. Facebook, Google have ways to run incrementality tests in their own environment. So that's one thing. But then secondly, I think since we have less granular data, since brands will have less granular data and they will deal with more aggregate data, I think we will see more test around, okay, I'm going to pose everything over maybe this region, this city, and then on others, I'm going to invest more. And then they, they're going to be looking at incrementality with whole dot group kind of like as a, as a, as a whole. Um, so we think, you know, incrementality will be a bigger topic. Uh, also, historically, it was more used for on paid search and retargeting but here we're gonna i think i think we've seen more and more startups um led by great guys um that are focused on on on, on the subject of incrementality the question is really about how do how does clients how does brands feel comfortable sharing you know their own data uh and, and that that's always been kind of like the 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 challenge um right they're all there. pushing yeah. you to prove everything works and the outcomes but they need to share it much more yeah, so you tend to have a discussion with them, which is like, well, you know, you have actually, you know, you, so, so you, it, it, it is kind of a chicken and egg situation. But we, we see that as a positive change. Um, I think it's it is it's always, you know, every advertiser wants to know what, you know, what the, what is the, F, what is the impact effect of, of advertising spend, which, which is the half of my half budget, which is, which is not efficient, which is the half that is. So I think it, it is it is um it is something that we embrace. Um and and right now we are more at the stage of working with our media partners uh, as opposed to doing more incrementality as as a whole form. But we, we, we will get there. You hinted at this earlier, the um the excitement around uh streaming growing since the pandemic and OTT. You made me think of this with the way you describe mobile as being a sort of kind of still really messy and confused. The, the journal had a great story the other day about how it's really hard for brands to manage ad frequency and and there's no like connective tissue between all these different walled gardens. What are you seeing there in terms of like the fragmentation challenges and what that means for our, the growth of that medium? So your question is about frequency capping, the ability to know precisely who you are targeting, right? On, on, well, on, I guess, let me, let me rephrase it. I think, I think people would like to think of OTT as, as going to be able to function just like much of digital advertising where you're going to be able to do all these things you're describing, target and optimize and- Got it, um, yeah. And, uh, I get you. But, but it's the, the makeup of the, of the medium right now is maybe inhibiting that, I don't know. Well, so the good news is that advertisers see the potential of OTT uh, because everybody's stuck at home uh, and yep. yeah, <laughs> and definitely like, you know, the, the, yeah, the audience is there. So advertisers see the potential. Um, the money is beginning to follow, but the technology still requires some time to catch up. You know, we, we, we've seen increased adoption of IAB standards and frameworks that will help, but um, we need advertisers needs to agree on exactly what do they want to measure. 
Um, you know, do you use like more like a, a panel base, what was traditionally used in television to use more like metrics, which are, you know, I know AppsFlyer has a solution on that, um, that can see at, you know, what is the uplift um, maybe in mobile uh, usage. Um, but all things considered, I think it's a, it, it is a, it is a positive outlook. Um, you know, in an e-marketer poll that I saw recently, advertisers stated that precise targeting and detailed measurement were the two leading benefits of OTT and connectivity, which is kind of funny. They see that as a benefit and we're like, mm, well, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, we don't think it's that precise yet, but uh, it, it will be, you know, it's it's a huge, it's a huge subject right now. So, uh, so yeah, you know, it's, um, it's, um, you know, it, 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 and this is, you know, we've seen Peacock coming in play, Quibi, uh, Quibi is actually mobile first. It's not really an OTT, but, uh, you, you have like uh, the Amazon advertising ecosystem. I'm sure Apple TV will at some point go into that space. So yeah, it's, 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 That'll it's be interesting. It's, yeah. It's going to be an interesting landscape. Mm -hmm. Okay. What about, um, I know we've jumping around all over the place, but, uh, but I, I wanted to definitely take a moment to ask you about the agency business. Cause you've, you've, you know, you've talked about how different it is, how things are changing, you know, for even before COVID, there was so much talk about how agencies were getting squeezed at every corner and clients were going in house and programmatic was taking, taking away the traditional buying clout. The consulting guys were here. What's going on with, that right now has that has that stabilized or has the pandemic accelerated all these put all this pressure on the agency world is it going to change what's going on yeah i mean we you know the agency uh, business is challenged but not really on the performance media side you know it is challenged on other areas you know it's, it's clear if you've been an out-of-home agency it's been really tough um, mm -hmm. uh, for them, um, and, and, and same, you know, if, if you are more like your, the traditional creative, uh, agency or PR comes, th those businesses are really challenged, uh, you know, MNC Sachi performance, we are a global business. Some markets are more consolidated, uh, than others. It's for sure that in the U S the consolidation of, of ad spend on Facebook and Google has continued during the pandemic. And we've seen also advertisers pulling back. So it, it is challenging for agencies, right? Uh, and um, we see that in-housing is still a reason that, you know, client, we agency lose clients. However, you know, we, we are seeing a lot of traction of, you know, uh, especially on direct-to-consumer e-commerce brands, smaller opportunities, smaller clients, but a lot of, uh, you know, brands that, yeah, have raised seed money, Series A, open a Shopify shop, um, you know, like it, it, there is, there is definitely an appetite, um, from, from, from direct to consumer brands to have best in class performance agency to support them. Um, um, you know, at, at launch. That's um, interesting. A lot, a lot of those guys would, I think early on were proud. I don't use an agency. That's almost like a thing, but now, now you're seeing mm -hmm. that change. Yeah, yeah, I mean, because I, I think the whole like, you know, thing got really inflated as well. Um, so, um, you know, you, you've seen a lot of companies hiring a lot and then laying off a lot, you know, the, the Uber of the world, uh, the Airbnb, you know, you know, of course they've been challenged mostly by the pandemic, but you know, they, sure. there is definitely a, a lot of marketers who unfortunately, um, are, have been on the market, uh, on our side, we've seen brands 
you know, approaching agencies to, um, to get, you know, support back as they are, you know, for them, it's kind of a way to assess the risk, right? During this pandemic is like, you know, do I help on an headcount? Do I invest? Do I bring that in house? So it, for us, it is a, it is something that we, we benefit, but we also need to change the way we approach business, right? We need to really define how we are going to deliver value to clients since Facebook and Google in particular are also delivering. It's easier actually to run campaign on Facebook and Google that is ever been ever again. So, so I think we look at, you know, creative optimization, landing page optimization, what, what, when it comes to like the marketing funnel, there is still a lot of like opportunities to support marketers, but it's, yeah, it's definitely, you know, the, the media buying on super platform is it is it is definitely being more and more in house, um, and they, they 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 keep the data internally, and it's actually getting right. you know, yeah. So it's it's harder to 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 prove value there for sure. But you know we are we are optimistic. Um, you know I joined MNC Sachi during the pandemic, um, oh, wow. and I've been okay. yeah. So so I've done all my onboarding uh, at home, and it's been uh, it's been great. You know uh, I, I've received really a warm welcome from everyone across the US, CMEA, and APAC, and. And you know it's 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 really good that we are a global business because you can see certain regions. You know, uh, we've been able. You know, some regions got hit really hard, and some are like have recovered like really really strongly. So, you know, overall, uh, it's 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 we we are doing we are doing well. Yes, some regions have been hit very hard and didn't do a great job, and others mm. did fine. Uh, I'm not going to get into it. Um, mm. Let's end on this note, and it's inter- it's so interesting that you joined a new company during this pandemic. Because I wonder if how much are you thinking about you know, so much of I actually started my career in the agency business. So much about agencies was they were a fun, interesting, creative place to work. Culture was a big deal. There was young environment. You don't have that right now. <clears throat> I don't know when most of the big guys are going to go back to work full time. What are you thinking about when that comes back, and how do you maintain culture when it's so disjointed right now? Yeah, it is. It is. You know, as every company, we had to embrace uh, asynchronous communication, and 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 everybody's working from home. So, uh, you know, I spent. I think I'm approaching like 13 or 14 years uh, agency side. So, um, it is. We we need to reimagine the way we work. Um, I think actually we everybody enjoyed the flexibility of working from home sometimes. And I think it, you know, agency, you will, you will pitch all the time and then you will take a, the moment a client say, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm happy to have a discussion. You'll be on the plane and jump. just yep. <laughs> jump yep. because yeah. So I think it's definitely not happening. And I, I think it, it really helped us to qualify better opportunities to understand, to really also be more strategic because you have time to think, you know, there is less of like, Let's call it sometimes shit show that when you are at an agency, you're like shit. You know there is a pitch. You know, Social we- reactive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think I think we um, we we have more time to also do so to, to do actually certain initiatives around you know uh, the way we do marketing as an agency, the way we do um, we we it, it, I think it it helps us this 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 you know this kind of lockdown pandemic to to also you know, make sure we are doing the right things on, you know, our data reporting to invest on certain areas because we had time to really like being focused on, on, on us. Um, and yeah, I, I, you know, I can't wait to do a physical meeting, uh, soon. So, you know, the teams are across uh, the West coast and the East coast. So, uh, um, so yeah, but the, it's, um, it is, 
so, so far it's been it's been really good uh you know um clients uh we we are we are all using video uh, it's kind of awkward certain clients are like you know don't put video on so it's, it's just yeah there is this whole thing of like you know are they happy <laughs> you know <laughs> how is right. the relationship you know you don't really have this in-person uh, um, relationship uh, which is which is which is a bit more challenging but overall it's it's doing fine yeah, that, that was the great, uh, there was a great insecurity in the agency life that I, I remember well, but it, it kept you, it kept you on your toes. Definitely. Um, <laughs> well, Guillaume, this is an awesome conversation. We're wide ranging, but touched, covered a lot of great topics in depth. So, so thanks so much for taking the time out. You're welcome. Thank you. I, I really enjoyed as well, uh, the conversation. Thank you very much for having me on the podcast. A big thanks to my guest this week, Guillaume Lalay, Managing Director at MNC Saatchi, and of course, my partners at AppsFlyer. If you like this episode, please take a moment to rate and leave a review. We have lots more to bring you, so be sure to hit that subscribe button, and we'll see you next time for more on what's next in marketing. Thanks for listening.